Welcome to Brand by Design with your host, certified BG5 business consultant, myself, Ashley Brianna Eve. The goal of this podcast is to help you create a clear, consistent, creative, personal brand to help you stand out and get paid for what you are best at. If you are ready to leverage your unique expertise and build a highly profitable, personally fulfilling business, this is the place. Without further ado, let's get started. Taylor's a tease and we love her for it. So let's break down one of the most effective marketing strategies used by Taylor Swift and her team. I can't wait to dive into this. And for those that have followed me and my brand for a long time, you know that I am not a natural born Swifty. <laughs> her marketing campaign has hooked me in. And this is not even music I listen to. And I can't stop Googling her from, I always have from a branding perspective, but actually now from a musical perspective, I'm just eyeballs deep in her trending hashtags and everything over on X, which is Twitter. So we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this because if she hooked me in, she's doing something right. <laughs> I swore I would never be. So let's look at this because this is something that you can take away in your brand and begin applying today. Let's talk about this. I love this quote. Again, I haven't heard this come out of her mouth because I'm still new to the Taylor realm, other than looking at her from a branding and marketing perspective. Apparently she said, I'm intimidated by the fear of being average. And oh man, I felt that. All right. First of all, something we have to keep in mind is that this works for Taylor because she has built a loyal audience and a very strong loyal community over the years. When I first started in business, I was told by a business coach well, essentially she was taking a snippet of building engagement and momentum with a launch. However, had described it as just tell people you have something coming. So generating that excitement, generating that anticipation, then next day launch the graphics and then launch your course. And dropping something like that may work if you're Beyonce. <laughs> and it may work if you have a very established brand where people all are already chomping at the bit to see what you have coming. But for most people, especially if you're starting out, that isn't going to cut it. The one thing I want you to take away from this though is the loyal audience and the community. She has built a very strong community and a very loyal community of Swifties. I think they term themselves that. So this teasing, she knows it works for her audience. She knows it works for her fan base. She knows it's going to generate viral hashtags and viral engagement across the internet. And so she leans into it more. And really what we're going to talk about in this live is she recognizes that through understanding who she's speaking to. And that's something I always talk to my clients about. You have to first and foremost, understand who you're speaking to. Otherwise, how do you market to them? You can't, right? She's not just teasing her launches and teasing what's coming because she's just doing it willy nilly. It is a marketing strategy that combines just her authenticity and what she also likely finds fun. So first, I just want to say welcome. If you're new here, my name is Ashley Brana Eve. I'm a certified BG5 business consultant specializing in brand 
strategy for established brands. And what I really do is combine my dorky obsession with pop culture, BG5, and brand strategy to help you become the rock star of your niche. And I always say to my clients, I don't look to the coaching industry. I don't look to the niche I'm in as examples. I actually study pop culture. And I swear in a different lifetime, I was like the Emily D. Baker, but not a lawyer. I didn't really ever want to be a lawyer, but just YouTubing pop culture. From the time I was a teenager, I always had like the celebrity gossip magazines. And I never thought it would actually be put to use in my life. But here we are. My obsession with pop culture is something that I leverage for my clients. So it works perfectly. And when we look at how Taylor creates engagement, guys, X is going crazy over this. Now she has her own hashtags as well for her tour. And so if you go under her hashtag, it is just going nuts about, is she going to drop reputation? Is she going to tell us about reputation, Taylor's version? I think it's called reputation, <laughs> reputation, Taylor. Yeah, there we go. Reputation, reputation. Is she going to talk about, oh, I bet it's going to be Black Friday that she drops it because black is a theme of reputation. No, I bet she'll wait till the end of the weekend. And then she goes on her Christmas break. And it's just been lit up the engagement to the point that it's also caught my attention. So it's caught the attention of someone that's not even a Swifty. And what has it done? So one, for the Swifties themselves, right? And I want you to think of this from your brand. For the Swifties themselves, those that are already loyal fan base, clients, customers, for that fan base itself, it's engaging them. It's getting them into the conversation. However, that conversation that's being had and the engagement that's being driven by it is putting her at the top of every search engine for basically every platform right now. And it's gaining the attention of other people, aka someone like me, that's going, oh, well, what's this reputation then? For me, it kind of sounds like maybe more my type of music. That's what was going through my head. Like the black, I'm as I'm wearing black, I'm big into the, those colors. Kind of the theme of that era from the clips I've seen is kind of my vibe. So then I started getting interested in it and started streaming reputation songs to see what is this actually that's coming. So again, this engagement that's being driven is not just for her current fan base and clients, or well, I guess for her, it wouldn't be clients, be customers. It's also for the greater public because once you start trending, it catches other people's attention. And then you want to know if you're like me, I don't know. I saw a gift the other day that said, I'm not, oh, how was it worded? I'm not gullible enough to be drawn into a cult, but I'm nosy enough. And that's me. So I'm nosy enough, right? And we're curious by nature. Humans are curious. So we start to look into it. And now maybe you hear a song you like, and now you're streaming the album. And now you're excited and part of the conversation and driving more engagement. So these are just some of the pictures from Twitter that were going around. Someone said after it wasn't announced, if no rep TV announcement, then what? Then what until February, right? I actually think it's smart personally, that she did not announce it before the holidays, especially because she actually just announced that she is putting the heiress tour that was in theaters on streaming networks for her birthday that just launched today or was just dropped today. So she actually wasn't teasing for that, right? She just dropped it on everyone today on her, I believe it was Instagram. And so I think it's smart that she did that first and she's delaying the reputation Taylor's version. 
I would personally say doing it the beginning of next year would be the best because it's going to create more engagement and conversation over the holidays. So I actually think it was smart to not drop it if it is in fact coming before the holidays, because again, as people are now saying on Twitter, like what until February? So now everyone's going to keep picking up those Easter eggs. They're going to keep the conversation going. I mean, this conversation has been going some of the articles I found back from August. So it's going to keep that conversation going. So other people are saying Taylor Nation deleted the reputation highlight on IG. Wake up, y'all. So then people on Twitter are driving people to Instagram, to her Instagram profile to see what's going on there. People making fun of themselves. We clown so hard. Uh, Mama Swift and Scott Swift spotted wearing black outfits at tonight's era tour. So now they're even trying to decode her parents' clothing at the tour. More, you know, everyone was expecting her to come out based on previous Easter eggs that she had dropped. Apparently, from what I've gathered, she changed her outfit or did moves that signaled the next, like dance moves that signaled the next album that's coming. So a big piece of it, when she didn't announce it on Black Friday, a big piece of the conversation was, well, she'll do it on Sunday, her final tour of 2023. She came out in the same outfit for that era. And so Twitter lit up. People saying, ah, oh, she walked out in the rep outfit again by rep TV, well, TV, Taylor version. I always think of TV, rep Taylor version. Me when I saw the same fucking bodysuit. <laughs> there are more people watching this live than the actual show right now. Uh, we get nothing tonight. Dumb fans of the year gifts. Same old tired, lonely bodysuit for reputation. So even her outfit was being speculated. Would she come out in a new outfit? Would she be doing something that would give him a clue? And something that was interesting, I mean, she knows, right? It's all intentional. This isn't by accident. It's a, a curated social uh, media strategy for her marketing campaign. She's winking. She's adding winks in when she turns away from the crowd at certain points of the concert she has one song left from the reputation album that people are saying she's going to use that as the surprise song when she announces reputation taylor's version so there's all these little easter eggs that people were keeping track of and you know she didn't not announce it and because she's been dominating or she's been well dominating the conversation through these easter eggs and through building excitement engagement and really just viral sensations around what's coming. She's also dominating the headlines. Now, this would be also a part of her PR team, of course. Tree, her PR person, would be feeding some of this as well to the magazines, of course. That's everything's PR as well. So, of course, this would be coming from her camp. And you have to be relevant to be getting pretty much every website and magazine talking about you. So Forbes says, Taylor Swift now appears to be teasing reputation. Taylor's version, that was August 4th. Easter eggs that hinted at Taylor Swift dropping reputation next. Is the Taylor Swift reputation? Taylor's version, release date, November 26th. Taylor Swift did not announce reputation. Taylor's version, that final concert. Here's what fans thought. Is reputation her next re-release? Is she about to announce reputation? I mean, the headlines will not stop. And what's really interesting, again, if you watch how the conversations evolved and continues, it went from, it appears she's 
going to be teasing it or she's starting to tease it to it's going to be this weekend to she didn't do it. So what's next? And again, I think it's a really smart marketing strategy because it keeps the conversation going over the holidays. And she had another big drop, which was more of a surprise drop, which was her concert movie thing. <laughs> the era's movie, I guess, going from uh, the studio or going from movie theaters to streaming networks. And I do think that she has nurtured her audience so well and created such a strong community that she could do the Black Friday sales because she had the Black Friday sales, which were viral as well online. She could do that. She could have dropped Reputation, Taylor's version and her movie all at once. And I'm sure it would have been good because her audience, they've I mean, they're primed to buy, baby. She could literally sell plain paper bags, and I'm sure her whole community would be asking, how do I buy that? So her audience is primed to buy. They love her. They'll pick up anything she puts down. And yet it's very obvious, very intentional on why certain things were launched and others not. Now, here's the thing. Knowing your audience is critical. This may not work for everyone. And again, just having a couple of days of excitement and then dropping something on an audience that you haven't nurtured has not been built to loyalty and has no idea, hear me on this, has no idea how you are relevant to them. Doing that, it's not going to work because no one's excited. <laughs> People have to know you. They have to like you. They have to be part of your community to be excited and build that engagement. As well, there are some niches that this might not work for. Now, knowing your audience is going to be critical. It's something we do in Branded by Design 101, which is my signature course, and what I help you nail in my mastermind, the Branded by Design mastermind. I actually have four spots open right now. We begin December 11th because we need to know that's step one of my framework, a powerful positioning. We need to know your positioning and who you speak to so that we can actually create marketing campaigns that work for who you speak to and products and services that work for who you speak to and who you're or how you're positioning yourself within the market. We need to know your powerful positioning first before we worry about the products and pathways, which is step two in my framework. So for example, Beyonce is known to do more surprise drops, yet she still has a very engaged audience, right? So that's something I want you guys to keep in mind. And I always joke with my clients that everyone wants like the Beyonce level success or the Taylor level success with like mediocre effort. People are wanting to be part of the 1% with the mediocre effort. So if you want to be able to do stuff like this and have just those drops where, I mean, she obviously knows they're coming behind the scenes. It's not like Beyonce just wakes up one day. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to like launch a new album today. And so I'm going to go in the studio and record all night and then somehow produce it and get it all out overnight. Like, no, of course she's planned. It's all planned. And she just drops it on her audience because that's what works for her audience. So knowing your audience is critical. That is why month one in my framework for building your brand new blueprint is literally powerful positioning. So that we know, I'm saying this again, and I know I just said it, but it's so important and people don't not everyone, but a lot of people don't hear me on this and they try to skip to the fancier parts like selling or copy and marketing or products and pathways. And it's like, yeah, but who are we speaking to? Because you can't create products for someone you don't know who you're speaking to. You can't write copy for a website with having no idea who you are speaking to. It's not going to work like that. So we have to look at the powerful positioning first. And Taylor is not exclusively just teasing. Like I said, just today, 
she announced that on her birthday, her era's movie is going to be available for streaming. So she does also do the drops. And yet, here's the thing to keep in mind. She did that drop, right? That surprise drop of the era's movie is moving from theaters to streaming. The conversation is already huge around her. She is already dominating headlines. So she's already dominating headlines. She's already at the top of every social media feed. Her hashtags are trending on X slash Twitter. I go back and forth between what I call it. So her hashtags are already trending. I mean, she's got her name in everyone's mouth. So dropping the movie is just like, it's a little like, yeah, it looks like it's a, a surprise drop, if you will. But she has been getting her name out there and creating massive engagement for a long time. <laughs> I mean, at least, like I said, I was finding articles back to August teasing Reputation, Taylor's version. So I want to look at how do we leverage your gene keys when we're building engagement and excitement for what's to come. And what you may not know, I don't talk about it that often. I don't know why. <laughs> But I'm actually certified with Richard Rudd at Gene Keys. So not just like I've actually gone through all the trainings. I am not just like quote unquote self-taught. And I've retaken all of his offers through. He doesn't really do them himself anymore, but he used to through the live workshops and retreats. He calls them retreats when he redoes the offers. So I've learned directly from Richard. He's wonderful. And maybe I should actually start talking about gene keys more because I actually, I like it as a compliment to the brand strategy and BG5. So this is my body graph or sorry, my hologenetic profile for gene keys. So you can see here, my full profiles on the left, my life work is 18.4. My brand is 18. So it shares the same sphere or in human design, we would call it the gate, or in the Chinese I Ching, we would call it the hexagram. So it's just a different word for the same thing. The sphere 18.4. And it's funny because my life's work and brand are 18.4. And you probably hear me talk so much about integrity and how that is a core value in my brand. And that is in fact, part of my life work and my brand. Now, Taylor, I wanted to give you guys a snapshot and let me know in the comments on YouTube if you would like me to talk more about Gene Keys and bring that more into my not just free trainings, not just into the podcast, not just on the YouTube channel, but also in my offers. And you guys are always welcome to email me at support at ashleybrandeneve.com and create custom offers for yourself. So if you are desiring to dive into more of your Gene Keys, if you don't see the offer on my website, I'm happy for, if it's a right fit for both of us, I'm happy to curate a custom offer, one-on-one -on -one offer for you. So please don't hesitate to reach out myself or a team member. We'll get back to you and we can discuss what that looks like. So Taylor's hologenic profile, her life's work is 26.5, which means her brand is also 26. And I just, I put this snippet here because I think Anyone that either follows her as a fan of hers or like me, I started, I was just being obsessed with her as a business strategist and her genius mind for business. Her life's work is 26, of course. Now I just want to read you. I'm not going to give my own interpretation on her chart or anything here for time's sake, but what it says is your life's work is to find something that you love and then market it to the world. And I, it, this made me think of something 
she, there was this like clip of an interview going around that showed up because now, of course, because I talk about her, the algorithm pushes her in my feeds. And I saw this on Facebook. It was a suggested post. And it was this little clip of her from an interview. And in the interview, she says, you know, the neighbor, something about the neighbors complaining about music. And she goes, oh, in my house that I bought with my music, I created based off of my life story. And I mean, that it exemplifies exactly and, and is so in tune with her life's work is so in tune with jinky 26, which is also her brand, find something you love and market it to the world. And she loves music. She's a musician at heart. I mean, I remember back when she first started, I'm old enough. It was just her with her curls and a guitar and she marketed it to the world. She marketed her story to the world. What, Jinkies goes on to say about her life's work is it may be a truth that you hold dear, or it may even be a product that you believe in. It can even be yourself, right? How applicable is that clip that I saw where she said, oh, me and the house I bought with the music I wrote about my life. It's marketing herself to the world. It says it doesn't actually matter what you sell. What matters is that you love selling it. And it's very obvious, even though of course, her brand is curated. Of course, she has actual strategy in the rollout of how she approaches, essentially launches. And she loves it. It's very obvious she loves it. It's very obvious she's lit up by what she does. Jean Keys goes on to say, with this gift as your life's work, you really need to enjoy making money, not for the sake of having it, but because it's so much fun. It doesn't matter how successful you become. It only matters that you enjoy the thrill of being yourself and putting yourself out there. You are not a person who can hide from others. And, you know, quite literally for her, right? You hear so much about how she came and leave her house without photographers chasing her down. Travis Kelsey has talked about it as well. He's never seen this level of scrutiny and people just watching and following someone. So quite literally, she can't hide from others. And you are someone whose gift is to reach out and touch others, to stir something within them, to stretch them in some way. It doesn't matter what others think of you. It only matters that you love being you. And I think that's such a big part of her message is it's fine if you don't like me. I'm just going to be me. Shake it off, right? Shake it off comes to mind. And I don't think I've ever actually listened to that song in its entirety, but now I feel like I have to after reading this. So this is just a snippet of her brand, again, that's not my interpretation of it or bringing it all together for time's sake, but it's just so beautiful that she literally lives out her life's work in her business. And I really believe when we're doing what we love, regardless of our type in human design, and it doesn't mean it has to be your purpose, what you do, but when we really truly love what we do, people can feel that and becomes infectious. And she's such a beautiful example of that. So some tips for you in leveraging your Gene Key brand sphere line. Line one, it's really important that people feel safe in your marketing campaign. So as you're teasing your next launch within your marketing campaign, how can you generate excitement and engagement through your boldness, which helps others feel safe? Now, based on your niche and who you're speaking to, of course, this is going to look different. But what we want to look at is how can we make people feel safe in your next marketing campaign as you tease what's to come. Line two, 
we want to feel your passion more than any other line. It's important. It's critical that you are passionate and we are feeling that. And you can bring that passion to what you're teasing. Why are you so excited about it? Why can't you wait for it to drop? Why can't you wait for it to tell us more? And beautiful imagery is really important with two. Now, this doesn't have to be professional. I've never had professional pictures done. I think that's also just a, that's a positioning within my brand as well as kind of the anti normal branding brand almost. <laughs> I leverage my particular brand of crazy is what I always say. So you don't have to necessarily have professional pictures, but how can you bring imagery into it? How can you bring a visual aspect into it? Maybe this is using a lot of colors related to a certain offer. So this is a big piece for Taylor in her golden nuggets and how she's launching as people are seeing certain colors and getting excited because the imagery is linked to a certain era or a certain album that she's created or outfits are linked to a certain album or a certain era. So when we're looking at two, it doesn't necessarily have to be what you might think is traditional in business. It can be your outfit. Maybe when you launch a certain course or something, it's a certain outfit that you wear with it or whatever, certain colors that go with it, certain seasons that can be big too. The imagery, maybe it's always winter that you're launching a certain offer, right? You can bring that imagery into it. Paint the picture for us and show us why you're passionate. Line three, bring humor into your teasing with your next marketing campaign. We want to think of the line three, one of the biggest killers for marketing campaigns for the line three, especially if we're looking at teasing, is making it too heavy right? Where it's like, you're just going on and on about how much you failed and how much you fell on your face and how hard it's been. And everyone just feels heavy and everyone just wants to reach out and be like, do you need a hug? Right? And we don't want to create that kind of energy for your launches. It's really important that you bring this humor into it. One of my clients does this so beautifully with fun gifts and little mini clips of TV shows in her IG stories as she's doing polls or doing a Q&A with her audience or even in launching. It's just this lightness that she brings so beautifully to her marketing and her teasing of her next offers that just it just sucks you in. So line three, you're meant to show us it's safe to try an error. It's, you're meant to show us it's safe to go out and make mistakes. And if it feels heavy, if you feel heavy, we're going to pick up on that. And we're gonna like, Ooh, man, I don't want to feel like that from falling on my face. Line four, bring your heart into it, baby. Bring an authentic directness to your marketing campaign as you tease the next launch. The big words here are authentic and directness. The line four, I want you to guess what line mine is. I guess I already showed you, right? <laughs> but there is this authentic directness that comes through with the four. So give it to us straight. Why are you so excited with for what's coming? Like, just, just say it. I mean, don't say what's coming. That's not the point of teasing. But just say why you're so excited. Say why you stand out. Say why your unfair advantage is better than anyone else's. Right? Like, stand out. Allow yourself to stand out. and Allow your heart, your authentic heart, to be what leads that. And a big thing with four, too, is really changing the face of business, Richard said. So maybe even in your marketing campaign, you're teasing how, you know, say you, I don't know. Oh my goodness. Say you help parents with kids that um, have autism, for example. How are you changing 
the face of how autism is dealt with and addressed. Bring that in, an authentic directness, a directness on how you're changing the face of your industry. And if you're a coach, how is your offer, say you are a business strategist, for example, I'm a business strategist. How is what you do different? And how is it changing the face of business? One of the taglines I had for a very long time in my business was changing the face of business as we know it. And it was directly linked to the four and leveraging the four. Line five, you naturally carry a mystique of hidden wisdom. People are going to project on you, of course, with the five, right? But there's this mystique, like there's something hidden there and I want to know what it is. And so whether Taylor knows that she, what her gene keys are or not, Taylor, you can hit me up anytime. Can hit me, my door is always open. I will make room in my schedule. So whether she knows her gene keys or human design or not, I'm, I'm unsure, of course. We're not friends. However, she leverages this with her teasing so effectively. She carries this hidden mystique of this hidden wisdom and people want to know more. And so she leans into it even more with her campaigns. So be playful in your next marketing campaign. Have fun. Hold on to that mystique of something hidden. Tease the out-of-the-box solutions that are coming. And something for her as well was the out-of-the-box solution was creating Taylor's version of her albums. And so that was the out-of-the-box solution. Then part of the hidden wisdom was when are they dropping? When's the next album dropping? And so that's a big piece of the marketing that she's done with the line five. And line six, tease your vision inspire and awaken people with your marketing campaign as you tease what is to come. So you want to bring in like, this is my big vision and I cannot wait to help bring it to life with you. That's a big piece of the six. All right. Examples of how you can play with this. And this isn't line specific. I would work with my clients in Brand by Design, my mastermind or one-on-one -on -one to look at what this looks like for them. Specific colors or themes for each product or offer that you can begin teasing early. There are some very effective individuals in the coaching industry that nail this where it's specific colors or themes and you start to know their outfits, notice their outfits change or something changes about them. And then all of a sudden it's a new offer coming or something's coming. Brand specific hashtags to begin driving engagement and sharing. That's something Taylor does great. She has her specific hashtags. Custom gifts or stickers. This is huge. And you can have people share on their stories or on their social media platform. You see this also happen often in the coaching industry where people have like screenshot after you purchase screenshot this and share it. Or, you know, if you enjoy this episode, screenshot and share it. I even say that at the end of all my podcast episodes, it starts to drive engagement. Prizes for connecting the dot on what's coming next. Taylor had a lot of fun with this, with her dropping clues for the songs she would be releasing from the vault. She actually teamed up with Google to accomplish that, which is pretty cool. And, you know, us normal non-Taylor people might not have the strings attached at Google, yet we can still leverage these fun connecting the dots. And maybe someone gets like a free strategy call or they get one of your courses for free or something if they connect the dots or they get free enrollment in what's coming. And you can even leverage that as a marketing standpoint. That one thing I would say in being cautious about this is sometimes if it's a free offer involved, 
such as like get free enrollment in the next in the course that's going to be launching at the end of this. Sometimes it can drive engagement with the wrong people. I've t- tested this out in my own brand because, well, I test everything in my own brand. <laughs> that's the whole point. You want to test and see what works. And I did something like that about three years ago now and actually built my email list with entirely the wrong people. And it was a little bit of a disaster. So I had this free series and if people shared it, there was prizes involved and they were not qualified clients and very nice people. They were very, very nice people, of course, but not qualified clients and not relevant to what and who I was speaking to, to sell on the back end of this free series. And so ultimately it turned into really wasted time in the free series, to be quite honest. And an email list that was just a hot mess express because it was made up of all the wrong people. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong in creating their email list is they're creating the email list with all the wrong people and then wondering why their email list isn't converting. It's like, well, because you built it with all the wrong people, of course it's not converting, but that's another conversation. Another way you can do this is seasons. So you can have specific seasons for specific launches and tease that that season is coming. The, I should have put pictures of her. I missed an opportunity here. That's all right. Mariah Carey and Christmas. I mean, we all know that she's going to be, as her fans call it, unthought or dethought, whatever the word would be, for Christmas. She even made a whole funny little reel about it on Instagram about being unthought by like these Halloween characters. So we all know, and yet you're so excited and engagements driven every year at the end of November into December, that is Mariah Carey season, baby. So she leverages the tease, even though you know it's coming, even though you know it's coming, and even though you know what is coming, because it's not like she, from what I'm aware, record has recorded new Christmas music in the last year. So it's not even new music coming. She just generates so much excitement for her Mariah season, which is Christmas. And she's become kind of a face of Christmas in the pop culture world. So seasons are another way that you can really start to drive engagement. And you start to tease the season coming, even though people likely know what's coming, especially if they've been around, they know what's coming, but there's still that excitement in it. And honestly, at the end of the day, if we even look at like taking away the conversion piece and the brand building piece, it's fun. It's fun. Have some fun in your brand. If you can like, take a deep breath and have some fun in your brand. Your brand's going to be so much more fun. First of all, you're going to have so much more fun, which means your audience and your community is going to resonate with you. You're going to resonate with the right people and it's going to make sales so much easier. So a couple of big takeaways I want to give you from Taylor's marketing strategy is number one, know your audience. What did I say at the start of this? Know your audience. She has this remarkable ability to connect with her audience. And I'm telling you, that is her secret sauce. And what I hear so much in the coaching industry is I have people come to me and they say, you know, I don't really want to work. I don't want to launch live. I don't want to go live. I don't like posting on social media. And and they're listing all these reasons why they don't want to show up. And let me tell you, your audience feels that. Your community, which it probably wouldn't be much of a community at that point, feels that. If you don't want to show up, if you don't want to engage, if you don't want to connect with people, I'm going to say it's going to piss a lot of people off, but what are you even doing? Then we need to take a good hard look at it. And here's the thing. 
in the helping professions, I started out in the psychology fields. If you're just in it for the money, you're going to be gravely disappointed. Yes, there's a lot of money to be made in building your own personal brand. I work with a lot of personal brands, almost primarily personal brands. But if you're not doing it for your community, if you're not doing it to connect with people, if you're not doing it for more than just because I want to make a lot of money, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And the reality is in those tough months, because business ebbs and flows, it's inevitable no matter who you are. There's been a a little bit of a misconception that business is just like up and up and up and up and up and up forever. You know, if you hold the vibe right, it's going to ebb and flow. And in those ebbs, in those really challenging times that hit at every level, doesn't matter how much you're making, in those really challenging times when you're like, nothing's working, my own marketing campaign isn't working, my message isn't working, the offer I thought was going to be a hit has not sold shit. If you're only doing it for the money and you hate showing up, you hate posting on social media, you hate going live, you don't want to connect with people, you just want to be a hermit on your own. I hate to tell tell you, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're really going to struggle in your brand. And people feel that. People feel if you actually care about them and want to be there and engaging with them. And if you don't, and that's why Taylor's blown up. She has such an ability to connect with her audience. I mean, even at her show, she gives her hat to a lucky fan at the end of or at one of her songs. I don't know what song it is. Gives her hat to a fan. She genuinely seems like and genuinely appears to care and want to connect with people on a personal level. And because of that innate understanding of her fans, she's in her fans' heads. She understands their preferences. She understands their interests, their expectations. And she creates a product that resonates with them. Like, yes, she's simply creating music based on her life, but it also is music that resonates with the right people. And I don't believe for a second that that is a coincidence. Due to this as well, fans feel as though she understands them on a personal level, and this has cultivated a sense of trust and loyalty. People immediately online came to her defense when the fan died at one of her concerts in Brazil, saying she had to be working on things behind the scenes. She had to be reaching out to the family because they know her heart. And when you have a community that says, I know your heart and you know their heart, there's that strong connection there. And sure enough, at her concert last night, I believe, the family of Anna, I believe her name was Anna, who had passed away, her family was there in the VIP tent. So her fans were also right. She had been working on things behind the scenes. Number two is build anticipation, which was the whole point of this live. Whether she said this or not, Again, it's been attributed that she said this at one point. She's apparently said, fail to plan, plan to fail. Now, I don't think that's a Taylor-specific quote, but it's very cool if she said that because I do believe she plays the long game. And this is where a lot of people are dropping the ball in their brand. They're not playing the long game and then wondering why they're on this hamster wheel that's going nowhere. And eventually that hamster wheel breaks and it can be disastrous in your brand, especially if your expenses are high and now you have a brand that's it's not working. So fail to plan, plan to fail, plan long-term work backwards. I also believe that's why she's turned down the Super Bowl multiple times because it wasn't part of the long-term strategy. So by the time as well, because she's building this anticipation, by the time she actually announces the launch date or by the time she actually announces if she ever does that reputation, Taylor's version is out. People are already like, give it to me. They're chomping at the bit. They're salivating for reputation, Taylor's version, and they can't wait to purchase it. And it's not manipulative. These are people that already would have wanted it, already would have bought it. And yet she's allowing kind of that 
long tease to play out to also build engagement outside of her current fan base. Like I said, that worked for me where I was like, now I want to hear this music. And I started streaming on Spotify some of her songs from that album. So I was really interested. And the clips I was seeing from her heiress tour seemed a little bit more my vibe than her other albums. She expertly builds anticipation and generates excitement around her product launches. Again, guys, this is not a coincidence. This is very intentional. And three, obviously, because I work with personal brands that are using social media, leverage social media. She is able to connect with her fans on a personal level. She shares updates of her life and her music and builds excitement around her product launches. She also uses her platform to connect directly with her fans. So when she reschedules shows, it looks like handwritten writing that she puts up like a post on her Instagram stories. And it feels very personal, even though it's probably a PR team that wrote it, probably Tree that wrote it, but it, maybe not, but it feels very personal. It feels like Taylor hand wrote a note to you personally and delivered it to your Instagram. And it's, it's intentional. So when she does things like that, or she posted the same type of handwritten note when the fan Anna had passed away, it creates a personal touch. And it feels like, again, she wrote it herself directly for you. And this creates a sense of community on social media and drives brand loyalty. And something I say to my clients all the time, and this is something we'll work on in Branded by Design, my mastermind. Again, we start December 11th, is what stories are meant for your brand? What aspects of you are you leveraging on social media? Because not all of you, even if you are a personal brand, not all of you is meant for your brand. Not all of you has to be in your brand. You are allowed to have a life and privacy and aspects of self that are not shared on social media. So we want to decide and really nail what parts of you do we bring to your brand? And this is also where people's brand messages get really muddy because they're trying to bring all of their interests. I had someone once sit on a consulting call with me and say, yeah, but Ashley, you don't understand. All of these things worked for me and helped me, got me, helped get me to where I am. And I said, well, that's great, but it's all not needed in your brand because that's why you're stuck because it's a very muddy message and you're trying to cover basically every area of someone's life and saying you can help them with all of that. And often what that can do as well, it's a little bit of a sidetrack, but when you're marketing from a perspective of like every area of your life is messed up and you need all these different tools, you tend to attract people that are drowning and a drowning individual is ultimately not a qualified client because, well, for many reasons, but ultimately when they're in that perspective, it can be from a place of like a fixed mindset or a victim mindset. And it's not likely going to be someone that's ready for the transformation you provide. So speaking to a qualified client's critical and a nice, clear brand message as well, clear, consistent brand message. What that also allows you to do is be the expert in what you do. When I was younger, even when I was a counselor, I wanted to save everyone from everything. And then I realized as I got older, one, you cannot save everyone. And two, shit, I can be the expert in what I do and then refer out for the rest. I don't even pretend to be certain on things or to research things or go off on rabbit holes. I stay in my zone of genius and I refer out. For example, a very easy example is ads. I don't help with ads. No, thank you. That is a specialty, understanding and leveraging ads, especially since that landscape of what is working is always changing. I refer out. 
So when we have a nice, clear, consistent brand message, not only does it help us because it cuts through the noise in social media, it cuts through the noise in what's going on. It allows you to be that beacon of light in one specific reason or one specific area of transformation. And then you can refer out for the rest. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life, change your business. So when we're looking at leveraging social media, I want you to start looking at leveraging in terms of like what aspects of you come into the brand and you share. So my clients know what I've talked about frequently is the sanctuary. From the first day I came online with my business, I was talking about the sanctuary and the dream was driving down the massive evergreen line driveway with the bank barn at the back and the old farmhouse. And I used to talk about it all the time on my lives. I brought everyone on the journey the whole way. And now we have the sanctuary. Now we have the farm. And a lot of my community has come with me on that entire journey. So when I share the sanctuary, when I share that aspect of my life, it is intentional. It's something I'm passionate about. I really believe it's something that makes me me, my passion for animal rescue. And I desire to resonate with people that want to do good things in this world. I desire to resonate with people that want to also use their money for good. Yes, they want to create the lifestyle for themselves and they want to do good in this world. So there's a two-pronged approach or reason why I share the sanctuary in my social media. But I don't share everything. One, I want something for myself, something for myself. And a lot isn't relevant to my brand. A lot of my life is not relevant to my brand. So why, why share it? It just creates a muddy message. So starting to look at how can you connect more with your community on a personal level and what aspects of your life or, or your story can help build excitement for your mission, your values, and where your brand is going, or even with the, you know, on a more micro scale, your specific launch that you're teasing. All right. That's fun. I have fun doing that. And if you're ready for help in applying this to your brand, I have four spots remaining in Brand by Design, my mastermind. This starts December 11th. It's three months. Now, something I really want to make clear is this is a mastermind, not a course. Now, this does not mean that you can't be newer to business and join me in the mastermind. I have clients that typically I don't take on -on one-on-one clients who are brand new to business. However, I always tell this story because I think it's hilarious. I had a client, I was not even open for one-on-one coaching and I had a client reach out. She wasn't a client at the time. She said, look, I've been listening to your podcast. I'm obsessed with your podcast and I am not here to fuck spiders. Like, and that saying, first of all, just killed me. I was like, this is my people. And she said, I just want to know how I can start working with you. I wasn't taking on -on one-on-one clients. I usually do not start with anyone that does not have an established brand. I tend to only work with those that have established brands, even if they're pivoting. But because she had the mindset that I I have and I'm so obsessed with, and she was an action taker with a growth mindset, I took her on. So with a mastermind, the difference of a course, so the difference of brand by design, my course versus the mastermind is my course is self-paced. And it's very foundational. Like you're learning all the foundations and it is really teaching you. A mastermind, you are showing up as a self-led leader with questions based on the topics of that month. So we're going to have a short training at the beginning of each call for about 15 to 20 minutes. And then we literally apply it live on the call to your brand like that. Literally apply it to the call. And then I'm supporting you in Slack as you navigate the territory of refining your message and bringing it to life in your personal brand. Very different than 
a course where you're learning. Don't come to a mastermind to learn from me. You're coming to a mastermind to change your life and create an epic fucking brand that stands out and sells out. So those are two different things. And I just reiterate that because it's critical that it's the next step for you. And you have to be self-led enough where you're bringing questions to the mastermind. I'm not an accountability coach. I'm not chasing you down. Everyone jokes that this is why I work with so many fifth line manifestors, <laughs> which I do. I work with so many fifth line manifestors. I'm not an accountability coach. I'm not chasing you down the mastermind. I'm not making sure that you're following up and doing the work in your brand, that you're applying it, et cetera. Like I'm there to support you and help ask the right questions from a coaching perspective, as well as give you some insight from a consulting perspective, but you have to be showing up to do the work. All right. If that's something that interests you, you can check out my, I'll put the link in the show notes on YouTube and in the podcast. You can check it out, see if it's for you. I'd love to support you if it is the next right step. All right, guys, I'll see you soon. I really hope you enjoyed this. Bye for now.